Today's episode of the Make Ideas Reality podcast is proudly brought to you by Jürgen Stray, casting aluminium bananas for your measuring pleasure and amusement. Jürgen Stray specializes in metal casting and fabrication, but also makes stuff with wood and stuff and things. You can check out his amazing work on Instagram at Jorgen Stray. Now sit back, relax, and listen to the sweet tones of the Make Ideas Reality podcast. Hello and welcome to Make Ideas Reality, the podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to everyday creative heroes making their ideas reality that wouldn't necessarily get their story heard. I hope to inspire you with their stories, give you courage to leave your comfort zone, think big, and be the badass creator you were meant to be. I'm Justin White, aka The Garage Avenger. Let's do this! Hello and welcome to episode 23 of Make Ideas Reality. Houston, we have a maker. Today's guest has rocketed herself onto the podcast. That was so bad. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) From working with NASA's space shuttle program to becoming a mother of two, then inconsequently finding joy in belting red hot iron with hammers. Welcome to the show, Lindsay Murphy. Are you, are you okay? Oh my god. Have I, have I killed you? Yeah, I'm dead. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> For that intro. I, I can tell you put a lot of effort into it. So oh, that I just was... want to encourage you in that. It was really awesome. That was probably the worst intro ever made, but it was so bad that I had to, <laughs> I had to do it. <laughs> now I can't stop laughing, which is probably a good thing. So <laughs> more laughing, less talking. Now, um, that was a bit of a interesting intro, um, and there are probably a lot of people that are listening now who know who you are, but. Um, there could be some people that don't. So I thought uh, I'd just give you a little chance as we open the show uh, to tell the people a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. Um, my name is Lindsay Murphy. I'm uh, on Instagram. I'm known as Lindsay Creative, and I'm a maker. I'm an artist. Uh, I do metalworking and blacksmithing. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm based in Houston. Uh, Texas, that's in the United States. For for those who may not know where Texas is, um, I don't judge. Uh, <laughs> but uh, and I uh, have two kids that I'm homeschooling right now. So <laughs> during this uh, the COVID thing, so I don't normally homeschool. So that's uh, made life extra interesting at the moment. And uh, yeah, so that's a little bit about me. So you're properly now a full-time stay-at-home mom i guess so slash school teacher (laughs) slash nurse slash uh slash a psychologist slash chef slash 
deck painter. I don't know. I could keep on going, but that will get really boring fast. I, I, this is an interesting thing because I think, you know, I respect you in some ways, especially even more because of the whole COVID-19 thing. You know, you know, I've had my two kids at home for now five weeks and it drives me bonkers. Um, <laughs> so, you know, so you, you also being, you know, generally you're a stay at home mum, and you have your creative stuff on the side, right? Uh, full for the, for the most part, my kids, uh, normally they go to public school here. And, yeah. uh, so during that time when they're in school, I, uh, work out of my garage or I'm going over to our makerspace and I'm, uh, working on some blacksmithing stuff, um, painting, um, normally just that kind of stuff. So normally I'm working on commission work. Uh, that's primarily what keeps me busy. Yeah, because I think I quite admire you because um, often I feel like you're kind of a woman that's defying the status quo because there's not many women that I know of that are kind of belting steel with hammers and then at the same time doing you know, beautiful paintings and, and intricate jewelry and things like that. So I, I quite admire that in you. I think it's something that I don't often see. So uh, I just want to give you a high five for that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Virtual high five. <laughs> yeah. um, let's talk about your journey, Lindsay. Um, where did this all start? Where did all this creative stuff come from? And um, what got you to where you are now? Well, um, I grew up in Pennsylvania, uh, Philadelphia. Um, my parents, my mom is an art teacher and my dad uh, was a chemist and uh, they uh, just really uh, had interesting backgrounds when they were growing up. My mom, her dad or my grandfather, uh, he was a welder and he was, uh, he also dabbled in blacksmithing. Like we actually ha still have some of his metal sculptures that he made. Oh, and cool. I, uh, yeah, I, I never, I, I never met him. He passed away before I was born, but uh, he always in their barn, they would have like just lumber and metal and all sorts of things. The kids could just go in, pull whatever they wanted and just make something. And she grew up with this idea of, making was just a part of a way of life for for her family and for her and so she um, brought that values um, to our family so she like growing up I would see her making jewelry like doing lost wrecks casting um, she had a loom for a while and she was weaving um, what else uh, all sorts of things she did metal work I would see her brazing copper pipe uh, she painted, she was always teaching kids and um, ceramics. She has a kiln still and she'll fire up some stuff and uh, with the kids, like my, my kids go over to her house and she does pottery with them and then they're fire some stuff up and, oh, you know, this is what Nana did with us, you know, <laughs> making things. And so she's always has something going on. Oh, and, um, and my dad, he loves to garden. He would always have this really big garden in the background. So they kind of taught me this way of self-sufficiency that you don't always have to rely on um, the consumer way of life 
um, especially in the U.S. Um, they live very frugally. Uh, they still do. Um, you know, my dad is a very good cook and uh, he cooks all the time. And uh, so we kind of grew up with this sort of lifestyle of make making in the form of food or in the form of art or um, creating in the background. And so that really shaped uh, my ideas and thought, my worldview. And uh, they encouraged my art that I I had an interest in art. So my dad would drive me to classes every Saturday morning down to like downtown Philly. And, and I would um, take classes um, there, like in addition to things. And um, it, it was just really nice to be encouraged in that and not necessarily like, that's one thing, like, I think a lot of parents normally push their kids to something more like something that would be successful for their kid. And uh, obviously visual arts are not like the big money maker. <laughs> but yeah, but that's interesting, isn't it? Because I think now our generation, we're starting to talk a lot more, not everyone, but people in general are starting to talk a lot more about happiness over money. Oh, yeah. yeah so yeah. I, I think I yeah. think your kind of parents you had, I think they had the right track. They They were doing the right thing, I think. Yeah. Um, and I think, um, and I think they still do. I think, uh, they, they're still very encouraging to wherever, whatever we end up doing. Um, it's always been nice to have that support. So, um, but when I was in high school, we moved to Texas and things kind of changed a little bit, shifted, um, in my high school career, uh, that's weird to say career. Uh, that's, that's not what I mean at all. <laughs> that sounds silly. But I was really, uh, I had some really great teachers who, uh, like a physics teacher and a calculus teacher. And I um, kind of got sucked into that uh, physics and math. And I really uh, enjoyed it. It kind of made the world make sense to me. Like, oh, like these kind of big realizations. And when you're a teenager and to have something finally make sense of things really um, kind of pushed me towards engineering uh, when I went to college. So I ended up doing engineering rather than art. Um, but uh, so that kind of took a backseat in a lot of things. Um, but it was still there, it just didn't necessarily come up. Uh, when I was studying engineering. Um, so that, um, but I mean, eventually it came, came up, but uh, yeah, so I studied engineering at um, a public school in Texas, a university here, and um, ended up sticking around and getting my master's. And then when I graduated, the like economy was crap. <laughs> it, was, it just went to shit. And so I think the only company that was hiring at the time was like an aerospace company. And um, I ended up working for NASA through that aerospace company. So that was, was pretty exciting. That is like right now, that is like probably the coolest thing. There are so many makers like, oh, my God, I've just, <laughs> fall, I've just fallen in love with Lindsay. She worked for NASA. Oh my God! <laughs> like, 
it was so unreal like it just was the weirdest thing to because I know so many people were like like I when I started in engineering I did not think I'm going to be an engineer so I can work for NASA like I like to me like that seemed like a untangible intangible job like something like like saying something like oh, I'm going to be president of the United States like that it just felt so um like something that's only meant for special special people <laughs> uh, so it was crazy to be able to um work for NASA and get this job um it was really unreal um it was such an amazing opportunity and it was I would say like out of all the jobs I've ever had in my life, that was obviously the best one. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, I, so the reason why they were hiring, so this was the, the other thing is the reason why they were hiring was um, they had the Columbia accident um, a year before, I believe. And um, so they had stopped flying the space shuttle it, the the shuttles were grounded and so they were ramping up all this testing um they wanted to have a rigor rigorous model of debris impacts to the thermal protection system on the space shuttle and so uh they were just running a huge amount of tests collecting a lot of data they needed more analysts to study the stress and thermal uh structure the thermal um what the thermal, uh, oh my gosh, gradients on the structure causes uh, failure to the structure. And so I was hired along with a lot of other new hires. And, and so it was uh, just a really crazy time uh, during that time. There's a lot of new hires and we were um, very busy, like working long hours. And, but it was a lot of fun. Like it was, it was intense. It was an intense, uh, many, many years of work. And I, I loved it. It was really fun. Um, we got to, the testing was like shooting foam and ice and all this stuff at um, Space Shuttle Tile. And uh, <laughs> that's so awesome. <laughs> so it was pretty much like the largest potato gun you've ever seen in your life and putting like um like a foam bullet in it like in about the size and uh well we tested foam and we tested ice and we had different test set um setups like one in um white sands new mexico was one test setup we were doing like high like ballistics there at white sands um some like micro like uh we were trying to simulate micrometer impacts to um the thermal system there huh. so it's going super fast and i'm sure you can find pictures online there it's pretty in insane and then like we had some going on in florida and we had some going on in texas as well so i got to travel all over and uh, uh get to be part of the testing and all that stuff so it was really fun and then um we were able to develop our models and then uh, obviously the space shuttle started flying again. And, uh, then I was part of the debris assessment team. So we were, um, 
we were part of a pre-launch, which was you look at the space shuttle, you look at what's going on on the launch pad real time. So you're there at like four in the morning and you're working like a 12 hour day and you're looking at all the possible um, projectiles that could come right at the space shuttle. And then you have to do like a real time analysis and make sure like, okay, that ice ball right there, that might cause serious damage. We might have to scrub the whole launch because of that one snowball, which was pretty, it made your job kind of intense because you have so much riding on this, like it costs a lot of money just to do a launch. And, and if like that one ice ball, you're like, nope, we can't launch. You're kind of worried a little bit how the you know managers would come down on you, but at the same time, it was also a time where they listened to our input. It wasn't like a thing where people ignored that, and so um, yeah, so that that was really a lot of fun doing mission support and made for some intense nights. And um, but the camaraderie there was pretty cool. I just like I just have this weird vision of like a Russian like plane just like throwing ice balls out the window. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, take, no. take that, you dirty Americans. <laughs> uh, you know what? As far as like how much conflict there is between U.S. and Russia, the one place where we get along is through the International Space Station. Right. And it's, Oh, weird it is the weirdest thing and it's annoying too because you know, our astronauts get along really well our american and russian astronauts get along really well or cosmonauts astronauts yeah. okay whatever the guys in space <laughs> they get up they seem or at least they seem to get along really well they have to so and we rely on them right now but yeah exactly exactly mm -hmm. um what so did you you've now finished that working with NASA, right? You know. Yeah, um, I worked, so I had my first child in 2008, my oldest. And um, during that time, I realized, um, well, not during that time, looking back, I realized for about a year after I had my son, I went through a time of postpartum depression, which I think a lot of moms experience uh, having a child. And, um, but during that time, I didn't realize what I was going through. Um, so I had reduced hours at NASA. So I was working pretty much part-time, um, was getting very little sleep, but I was still involved in the mission support. And I ended up working for the space shuttle program till the very end of the program, which was 2011. And, uh, then, uh, I decided because and during that time when the space shuttle program ended, a lot of the guys in my group, some of them stayed and worked on um, the next uh, the next vehicle for spaceflight. Um, but a lot of the people ended up having to leave NASA and they ended up working totally different jobs, doing maybe com commercial planes. Um, in like St. Louis or going over and doing completely like going over to oil or going over to like selling computer software. Like it was, everyone just started following the paths that they were interested in. And mm. it was really interesting to see that 
And um, the path I was is the path I was interested in was art and going back to my roots and making and really exploring that avenue of things. Yeah, so and, that's that's how you got back into your creativity side of things after your childhood and, and upbringing. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there was a couple times during my uh, career with NASA that um, uh, I was part of like this art show with a friend of mine who worked at the same aerospace company that I did. And she and I, we like had our own art show in a bar downtown and that was kind of like my first taste at like oh like people like to see my art that's pretty cool and um were you but, making art with like space shuttle tiles or something because that <laughs> would have been so freaking cool <laughs> oh that would have been that's the like most expensive artwork ever <laughs> <laughs> yeah you could charge a mint for it but you know what spatial tile is hand painted painted by hand every spatial tile painted by hand that's interesting yeah because the people who spray the tile they spray it they know the exact thickness of the paint that's supposed to go on and they just know by feel and it was even better than the robots that they had at the time which was wild to me so holy crap yeah actually i i brought it i brought a show and tell thing oh please show us this is a spatial tile no way yeah oh so cool when the space so when the program ended <laughs> so this is i might get in trouble i don't know maybe i will so they were passing out all this memorabilia of like they have all this stuff in storage it's just going to sit in a box in a room so they decided to pass out all the spatial tiles to um to all the people on the debris assessment team. And so I got, now this is um, one of the tiles they made for the, our test setup. So it, this one hasn't flown. And the reason why you can tell is normally you'll see a, like a white circle right here. Yeah. So there isn't one. And that circle is to show you like they put in this sort of like they have a syringe and they put in this like they stab the tile with it to keep it, uh, water from collecting in the tile so that when it goes through reentry, the heat doesn't just make it pop off. Yeah. Sorry. A lot of information <laughs> don't need to know. So anyway, this is not a flown tile. It, this is just one of our, the ones, but it still is like a, it's a tile and someone painted this by hand and unreal. So, so this gets to sit in my office. That's super cool. You had me, you had me lost at tile, but you know, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe someone on the pod, maybe, maybe one of the listeners will know what I meant. <laughs> Sorry. You know, submarines are covered in tiles as well, right? No, I did not know that. Yeah. Submarines are covered in, in rubber tiles. Oh. To, to deaden the acoustic side of things, so the the whole submarine is covered in rubber tiles. Every every space or structure that is steel is generally has some sort of uh, rubber tile on it. Oh, so, that's so wild! Cool. Mm. 
Yeah, so it's um and and what would happen is sometimes when we were underwater for a long time, uh we called them cookie cutter sharks. And but they I don't know exactly what type of fish they were, but they were fish that would eat the rubber tiles. And they would they would be it would be about about oh yeah, four four, five centimeter like circular like pieces of tile missing from everywhere, like all over the place. Because these fish were sitting there chomping away at the submarine when we were going at low speed and, and just creeping around the place. So, yeah, they loved it. They thought it was good fun. It was like a, like a pacifier for a fish, you know? Yeah, right. It gets out all that nervous energy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, moving back onto the podcast... So let's talk about some of your work you do now. What do you, what do you, what's your core and what do you love doing? Well, uh, so I do, well, it's kind of weird. It, it just depends on the season that I'm in. Uh, I do painting. Uh, I've done like large scale paintings before. Um, and lately I've been mixing uh, light and painting. So that would look like LEDs and I'm incorporating that into my artwork. And uh, that's been really fun and exciting. Lately, I, though, I haven't been doing that. That was probably a month or two ago. And now I'm into jewelry making, uh, specifically metalworking and with copper and brass. Uh, I use the techniques I've learned through blacksmithing and I apply that to my jewelry making. And um, I'm also a blacksmith, or at least I'm, I always feel like I'm always a beginner blacksmith. And I don't know for a lot of the blacksmiths out there, like when did you feel like you could say you're just a blacksmith and rather than a beginner blacksmith. And so that I always kind of struggle with that because there's so much to it to learn and to practice. And so I, I guess I feel like I'm a practicing blacksmith. I guess that's a good way to put it. Um, and uh, so I really enjoy blacksmithing. That's been something I've been doing for about five years now. And um, I've really enjoyed that. Lately, though, I haven't been able to do it because we are shut down and our makerspace is only doing essential type work i'm doing like face shields and stuff like that so i can't access my forge yeah so yeah yeah with the whole beginner thing like you know i i've like i didn't know when to call myself like change from like beginner creative genius to creative genius like i just (laughs) didn't know when to like draw that line so i just decided i just jumped straight in and just call myself a creative genius so I think that's probably the same approach. You just got to say, I'm a blacksmith. And then people will mm-hmm. go, all right, Lindsay's yeah. a blacksmith. Right. Yeah. I, th- I think actually that's what I, uh, on my Instagram, I, I think I changed it. I removed beginner because I was like, well, you know, if someone wants to, you know, say that, that's fine. But I'm not going to say it about myself. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I fully believe in that because... The other side of the thing is you're a maker, which actually makes you uh, a different way of thinking. You're not someone that just 
Like if someone asked you, can you make this? You would never say no, I'm guessing. I'm guessing you say, let me look into that. And then you'd be intrigued, right? Yeah. I'm such a sucker for that too. Especially if it's something I've never done. I'm like, oh, well now I have to do it. Like Uh it feels like a challenge. And I've been always been one to never. And and that's the thing is like, I get, sometimes it kicks me real bad if, if I get into something that I've never done and I'm failing at it. Um, but luckily that hasn't really happened very much, but uh, I know a couple years ago, the, uh, a friend of mine at our makerspace, he was like, Hey, um, my wife is on the board of the, uh, of our library and they're looking for someone to do a mural. Uh, and I thought of you and I thought, Oh, it would be fun if you put LEDs in it. And he's kind of telling me what he wants the mural to be. And I'm like, no, 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 you don't tell me what it's going to be, but I'll, and, but I'll set up a meeting with them. What, you know, and, but I know I'm going to say no. I'm like, okay, I have a plan. I'm going to say no. Right. When I meet with them, it's not, you know, it's so I go, I sit and they talk with me about 30 minutes into it. And I'm just dying. I'm like, yes, I want to do it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, this will be so cool. Like it had all these challenges. It was going to be in the stairwell and it, those ceilings were 30 feet tall. And I'm just thinking of possibilities like, oh, this would be cool if we do this or this. And, and then I was just getting excited about incorporating the LEDs into it. And um, even though I've never done a mural as big as this one, and I've never incorporated LEDs in a public our artwork display. And so I, but I was so excited about it that I was like, forget it. I'm going to do it because it needs to be done and I want to do it. Um, so I feel like that's how kind of how I approach a lot of those projects uh, with that. Um, and so far it hasn't been bad. <laughs> it's never been a bad experience. So. But it forces you to learn, right? Because oh, we yeah. talked about this, about the, the my devil projects you know the the sofa beer fridge (laughs) you know the story for those guys that don't know the sofa beer fridge is actually for someone else um now a friend of ours he sort of he lives up in in the city of oslo i went to visit him he said can you build me a fridge in your in my sofa and i said yeah that sounds a bit boring and so i had a lot of fun sort of expanding on the idea of what this could be and we all both got excited and it was all fun and and then I jumped on the train to head back down to my my city and then bing there comes a note on my phone saying that oh I've been transferred 400 bucks to (laughs) to to start this start this project and I, I had a bit of a dawning after that went oh shit (laughs) and so it's still a, it's it's nearly a year now since I started this project, so it's uh, it's been a challenge. Let's just say that you'll get through it. You know, I know I'm going to get through it, uh, and everyone does. I know, like often, you can put projects to the side for a little bit, but if they mean enough for you, you are, you're going to pick them up again, and you'll just keep on going with them. So, totally. yeah. <laughs> um. How did you actually, I want to go back to blacksmithing. Like, how did you, how did you get into that? I mean, it's not, it's not often, you don't hear many 
like okay you hear a lot of people in the maker community but you know for you being an artist and and so on and then you know blacksmithing is kind of like you know kind of opposite to what you were doing before right um so i think uh let's see i had my daughter in 2012 and during that time i just felt sort of i don't know I liken it to like a mid midlife crisis. <laughs> I don't know what or how else to explain it, but um, I was really searching for some sort of purpose in my life, some sort of meaning. And and um, I don't know for some reason having the second my second child and dealing with that whole understanding of postpartum depression, and I didn't want to get into that again. Um, it was, I started seeking out a lot of different avenues of making. And um, I, I started like looking for things and and I got into like print making for a while, like with uh, screen printing. And then I got into um, uh, trying to play a musical instrument, which uh, I have a ukulele in my closet. It was going unused right now. So I'll just say that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, that wasn't the best uh, fit for me. <laughs> I guess I'll say. Um, um, but I did make a really cool ukulele bag <laughs> to, for it to sit in. Like an Adam Savage one that's made out of like space shuttle suits or something. Oh man, that would be awesome. If only I had someone to get me. No, <laughs> <laughs> I, I have I have connections. Uh, but uh, no, I haven't done that. Um, and uh, so it was kind of weird. Uh, I I was hiking around this um, park with my kids and we came across the this um, blacksmith group and they were going to their monthly meetup. And I didn't even realize like they people did that anymore, like sit around and over hot coals and hammer metal. Like I didn't realize it was like I had never seen Fortune Fire. I still haven't. Uh, apologize for all the fans out there I just I, I just don't but um, I saw them heating the metal and hammering it and uh, for me so I studied material science back in college and so I understood what was going on with the steel in the heat and all that and so I under like it kind of married my love of um, material science and that kind of nerdy background that I have, but also like my love of art because a lot of what they were doing, they were creating something uh, very beautiful um, from something that just what started off as like, you know, square stock of steel. And um, to me, it was so um, raw to be able to like, just take, um, you know, a piece of steel and turn it into something beautiful just by very simple methods. And um, I loved it. And uh, so the next month I came back and I met some really great encouraging people. I had mentors who were respectful of me and kind with me. And I think like that combination was really helpful in uh encourage me encouraging me into blacksmithing um and that i'm 
still very thankful to them. Like I still meet up with them on a monthly basis and we joke around, we laugh, we have a good time. It's always fun. Can I, can I touch on something here? I'm just thinking you come from, you come from NASA. Yeah. Like a real, a real like prestigious, let's just call it prestigious job. Very like, there's a lot of ego. There's a lot of, you know, like we're doing important work kind of stuff. Uh, and then that all finishes. You probably are coming to something like blacksmithing, for example, you know, new, not knowing exactly right. what you need to do. You know, did ego still play, you know, a part? Or did you have to be vulnerable and say, like, I, I, I don't know what I'm doing here. Oh, I, yeah. I need help. So, yeah. Um, that is a huge thing. Um, in uh, When I worked for NASA, it was very easy to uh, feel like you had an important role. Um, I remember uh, one, of, one of my strongest memories was when I was at a coffee shop and I was talking with some friends and they introduced me to this teenager and I find out that his dad is an astronaut and I told him what I did and and um the kid just looked at me and he just said thank you and like gosh that like made me want to just that was like the whole reason why I was doing it was to protect the lives of the astronauts and mm. so our job was very meaningful and to, but at the same time, it definitely helped inflate your ego and, um, you know, kind of give you this, like, I'm important sort of idea about yourself, which is total bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> it really is like, uh, and, um, it, so kind of coming out of that, I, I think I did suffer from like, who am I? What's my purpose and dealing with my ego. And, and for a long time, um, and I, I do remember this when I first came and met up with blacksmithing, I think I introduced myself at like, Oh, you know, I, I think I even like said, Oh, I worked on the spatial, like how stupid was that? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. cause I felt so insecure about my own abilities that I felt like I needed to feel better about myself or feel like I was qualified to be there because I had worked on the space shuttle. It was like, it, I feel like very vulnerable right now admitting that, but um, it just uh, like looking back is so laughable um, because um, what I have found in the blacksmithing community is that these are like the most humble, well, I shouldn't say for everybody, for most people I know are the most humble people I've ever met. And they're like salt of the earth people too. And um, I was thinking, uh, I think the Red Smith, he, I don't know if you follow him, yep, but yep. he made a bunch of t-shirts and for each uh, maker like job, he had like a list of all these attributes for the, for that particular one. And for blacksmith, um, I, I remember one of them, he wrote humility on it. And that is so true because blacksmithing, if you do it long enough, you will have a breaking point. 
or at least for me, it was, you will burn up your peace. You'll have a shit day and your peace will look like crap. You know, those sort of things. You think you're good at something and then you'll have an off day and you'll hammer it and it just looks horrible. Um, or it take like the first time you make a spoon, it takes you four hours to make it and it looks okay, but not that great. <laughs> like those sorts of things really help you realize, um, make you realize, or at least help me realize um, that uh, it's, it's a very humbling experience. And, but it also makes you want to get better. And um, that's the really nice thing about it. And um, I remember a, a time when I was black, like, I think it was my second or third class. I mentioned the spoon, making a spoon. Mm -hmm. And um, they had, it was like a, a big setup they had. They had these pine logs where, uh, so like a lot of times for spoon making, you'll take your hot metal and you'll get it kind of in like a leaf shape. And then you will hammer it into a swage block. And it's just like this big hunk of metal with a, like a little spoon uh, concave thing that you hammer your metal in. But if you don't have a swage block, what you would use is like um, a log typically made out of pine and, or whatever wood. But I think we just had a bunch of pine. And um, so they had all these logs set up and we would hammer our spoon in the log and that's so much fun because it kind of catches on fire and you're hammering and this fire is going over it's a lot of fun but when I was uh, there um, there were some guys there who were observing the group because they're they were like um, the leaders of Haba our area blacksmith group and um, this guy and he and so I'm hammering away and this guy comes up to me and I didn't realize that at the time, but he was the president of Hava and uh, uh, Dana Flanders. And he's actually um, a really great blacksmith artist, by the way. He's in phenomenal. I had no idea any of this about it at the time. So, but he um, is a teacher and he goes to like Argentina, he travels all over the world and he teaches blacksmithing too. I had no idea. He, it's just some guy who comes up to me and he comes up to me and instead of like just giving me advice, which some people do because they think, you know, they're the best, <laughs> the, the, you know, like anyway, that's a whole nother thing. But he yeah. comes up to me and he says, he gives me a choice. Like he says, do you want to continue what you're doing? and doing just keep on hammering or would you like me to help you give advice like I have advice but you will have to you know it's pretty much saying do you want my advice or you can do keep on doing what you're doing either way is fine and he kind of just gives that up to me and so I felt like it was kind of empowering which was really nice because um, that has never happened to me before that and so I think it kind of when he stated it, I was sort of taken aback. And uh, I was like, yeah, I really want to learn. And I had to really come to a place of vulnerability to say, yes, please help me. I don't know what I'm doing. Or at least I, I want to pretend that I know what I'm doing. I've read the books, but obviously, if I'm doing something wrong, I want to know that I'm doing something wrong. And I want you to help me. 
is pretty much what I said. And that was the first time I really asked for help. And it was really freeing. And it was sort of like letting go of this, that whole space shuttle mentality, ego thing that had built up in me for so long. And, um, and he helped me and, uh, it was, um, it was really freeing. And, and since then it's been easier and easier to ask for help, um, ask for advice from people who I trust. I, I think there's, I think that's also another thing to be vulnerable with people who you feel comfortable with and they will not necessarily lord it over you that, oh, I know, you know, you're, you know, you, what you know is horrible. I know what I know is great. It, it, it kind of takes a mature person, um, to mentor someone else and, um, really take care of that person in a way. So, um, yeah, that was, that was such a great learning experience for me. Yeah. Cause I feel like I'm always like learning. I never feel like I'm good at anything. I, I feel like always people are looking at my end result and going like, wow, you know, like mm-hmm. amazing, Justin, like great job or whatever. And, you know, but often like on the daily grind, like I'm, I'm ballsing up shit all the time. <laughs> and I, I just, I'm always screwing things up. And like, and I just, that perseverance, like, and I never think with my work, I never have, I, I don't know why it's like this but i never seem to have an ego around my work i never think i'm better than anyone else with my work i know my end result ends up being pretty good but i but like if you put me next to like i i I can't forget this moment at make essential i was doing some sewing in the sewing class right Mm -hmm. and you know i thought shit i've i've sewn this upholstery and things for these like soapbox cars and you know, I've done some really nice sewing work. I got on the sewing machine. I start looking at everyone else's work, and I'm like, "I'm shit." Oh, don't do that. <laughs> I'm shit. Like, and I and my ego took a bit of a, a bit of a smackdown, but it was actually really good because it it made me think. Okay, well, it's not all about you know the quality or whatever. It's about what's behind what you're doing as well. So, a lot of the stuff I do always has something going on behind it. It's not just the prettiness of something or how well it's done, something like that. So I do like get the ego smacked down every occasionally because you do need it. Yeah. Um, I, you know, it's one of those things where if you get in the trap of comparing yourself to other people and what other people make, it's, um, you'll get in this endless cycle of, um, you know, comparison. And, and, uh, I think it, it's more freeing to just kind of focus on your own work and, um, and really try to improve on your own thing, not necessarily to be motivated by, Oh, I need to be better than that person, or I need to be like that person, but to kind of, um, be confident in what you're creating. And that, like you said, whatever the motivation behind that, uh, can really shine, um, show through your work. Um, yeah, I think that's good. I was going to go straight into story time now, but then I just thought, I wonder if Lindsay is that type of person who always does the extra. 
You know, <sighs> like, because I'm like a sucker for that shit. I always do something like I can't do the standard thing. Like if I'm in a class or someone tells me like to make it like that, I'm yeah. like, fuck that. I'm not doing that. I'm doing it different. I'm doing my own way. Oh, yeah. I'll always, always. I, 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 there was a time when I was, I think, I was in elementary school and um, I always had to do things differently. Um, we were making clown faces for some reason in art class. I don't know. That was the weirdest. Paper mache clown faces. And everyone in the class, all the kids made a happy face clown face. And being the you know, the weird 10-year-old kid I was, I was like, I'm going to do a frowny face. I'm going to do the sad clown face because I don't want to do, I don't want to be like anybody else. And so I ended up making the sad clown face and it freaked out my art teacher. It freaked <laughs> out my my, te- my um, fourth grade teacher. They end up calling like my mom and, you know, my mom's an art teacher. She knows me. She knows what I make. And they're like, um, we just want to let you know your daughter, she, we're worried about her mental health or something. It, they weren't using mental health words at the time. I don't know what they said, but my mom's like, yeah, that's normal. <laughs> that's great. That sounds awesome. <laughs> and, and that's kind of how I am. And I can't make the same thing over and over again. Like I've realized that like with my Wonder Woman cuffs that I've been making, if you look at it, every Wonder Woman cuff is different and I cannot make this same exact thing. Um, my brain won't allow my body to do it. Like I actually tried it one time and I was like, nope, I'm going to do it this way. I'm not going to make it the same as that one. And it's just, um, I fall into it so often. Yeah. Got to be different. <laughs> I. Oh. I'm the worst for that. Honestly, I'm like the worst. I sometimes that's why I end up in these horrible situations because I always think that, <laughs> that I got to do it differently from someone yeah. else. <laughs> oh, I got to stop. I oh, actually no, I'm not going to stop doing that because that's what makes me me so. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah, for some of the stuff I have I have learned to learn from some of my mistakes to do what people like find the best practices like I have I have caved in certain areas so like even Instagram people were like oh you should do Instagram I'm like nah that's not for me that was years ago I was like no I'm not gonna do it specifically because you told me to do it (laughs) (laughs) and and I don't know and and then I I caved in Wow, look at look what happened when you did. I know. (laughs) I get to meet actually that that has been really exciting. That was the best thing about Instagram is opening up the international community of makers. Like that has been um such a cool experience for me. Yeah, I mean it's amazing. Um same for me, actually. It's been great. So um let's go into story time, Lindsay. Sure. Story time. She stared at the gown and thought, yes, this is something my husband would wear. You have a story for us? Yeah, I do have a story. Um, it actually goes back to the NASA days because I don't, my memory for the past 11 years is crap. So I have to go back before that. Just, r- just rub it in our faces again. I was uh, at no, NASA. No. 
no, no, no. <laughs> Look at my space <laughs> shuttle tile. <laughs> it's, it's totally a self anyway so it was probably like the first six months I was working for for them and I'm such a grunt worker if someone tells me to do something I do it immediately and I'm you know like running around doing whatever people tell me to do and um, we were over in San Antonio at Southwest Research Institute and that's where we did a lot of our big, big foam testing where we're shooting uh, foam at tile. And uh, these guys, I mean, it was a bunch of, I don't know, like maybe like 20 guys, you know, like all big muscly guys or whatever. And they're, they're, they're goofing off all the time. I mean, they were like seriously working for like, we had 15 hour days, you know, nonstop getting this testing done, but they're goofing off in the meantime, waiting for tests to start up. And so one of the things that they did at this group of guys is they would prank each other all the time. And um, so the, my first week there visiting, um, I get to know them. They're a lot of fun. And, um, you know, we saw some pranks and it was a lot of fun. And I was like, there's no way, like, they're not going to prank me. They're like, no way. And um, being the naive person I was. Uh, and uh, so I think what would happen is, so we would get these tile arrays from Florida. They would make the tiles and they would bring it, send it, ship them over to San Antonio. And they told me, oh, we got a shipment of tiles in. go in the back room and open the boxes and see what we have. And so it was me and like, I think another person. And we go back and we're, um, they're like, oh yeah, check that one. We're trying to find this one tile or something like that. I don't even remember what it was. And I open up this box and inside it is a curled up rattlesnake. And I, and in that moment, I realized what I would do if I ever saw, came across a rattlesnake. And in Texas, we, there's rattlesnakes everywhere, especially in San Antonio. So uh, in some ways it didn't surprise me that I saw a rattlesnake curled up in the box and I leap backwards like I must have leapt three or four feet backwards in one single jump and I was and the other thing is like I did not scream at all like I was completely silent I went like ninja stealth mode because I guess for some reason <laughs> like maybe the snake wouldn't get me if I scream I don't I don't know what but I just kind of like froze and they just start laughing they're laughing and laughing because I guess that my face said it all. And, um, and then I look again and it's um, a fake snake. It totally looked real. It totally looked real, but it was, it was totally fake. So they got me and uh, yeah, so I got pranked. That's my story. That's it. Sorry, my dog's just drinking a buttload of water right now. <laughs> she's like, I'm like, I'm wondering if that's coming across the microphone. I had my microphone muted. She's an old girl. She's. <laughs> we. I'm uh, glad you told that story because that's pretty much my whole submarine career. <laughs> it just pranks all the time. Darling, are you gonna walk? Yeah, just go back to bed, please. Thank you. Well, yeah, good girl. Thank you. 
Yeah, that was definitely my submarine career. Like, just mm. think about young young guys got nothing else to do, sitting underwater for a month on end. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, let's go into Inspiration Nation. Yeah. Yeah. Inspiration Nation. everyday creative heroes that inspire you? Yeah, I've been following this woman on Instagram. Her name is Victoria Pratt. I believe that's her name. She goes by Blacksmither Vic. So Blacksmither as in the, how it's spelled and then V-I-C at the end of it. And I'm her stuff is freaking incredible. Uh, I don't know how long she's been doing blacksmithing uh, but it's amazing. She made right now. She's in this clock mode. Like she's been making all these clocks, and her textures on the on the surfaces are incredible. She makes her own dyes that she puts in her fly press, and she she makes these really great things. Um, and if you go even further back into her work, she's made these pendulums that like kind of sit and they swing, or air comes and moves them, and and they just kind of do this really cool kaleidoscope look and she makes it all by hand and it's beautiful artwork and I love it so I really like her stuff so yeah you should go follow her I will put a link in the shorts for everyone if they want to go check her out um also I also want to give a bit of a a shout out to uh, some of my GA Nation members Uh, I want to give a shout out to Jürgen Stray uh, for delivering a a battery that he ripped out of a sonar something that he was working on <laughs> randomly oh. delivered it to my house he's awesome amazing um i also wanted to give a shout out to tim greenwood from turgworks um and i wanted to shout him out because he started the hashtag lockdown throwdown uh, which is like a drawing uh, competition well not competition but a challenge and I think that's awesome. Some people have been doing amazing drawings and I think it's so mm-hmm. good. And yeah. so I just want to say a shout out to him because he started that all. And, you know, I also want to give a shout out to uh, Stian Serhus. Um, and the main reason why I want to give a shout out is because he said publicly that I was funny in real life. So <laughs> I just, <laughs> just want to give a shout out to him. All right, that's my my shout's done. Let's go into random question. Random question. Are you ready? Oh, all right. Cool. Yeah. All right. I'm ready. Wait. Are you sure? Yes. Right. There, there's no just because everyone gets upset. People are still getting upset. I don't understand. Like I've talked that that some of these questions don't have specific answers. And I'm like, it's a random question, people. Come on, just take it easy. All right. So here it is, Lindsay, you ready? If you could give a wedgie to any famous person, who would it be? (laughs) Ah, see, okay. So is this to inflict pain? Like, I, cause I don't, I feel like I've really only given a wedgie to like my siblings. 
probably. I mean, and it was to be a, depends on the person, a, right? Yeah, like I guess to inflict pain, or is it to be like, haha, camaraderie? Like, what kind of, what sort of camaraderie give like? What, what you give wedgies for camaraderie? What? I, I'm not a wedgie giving person. <laughs> I can only assume that people who give wedgies do it because they're kind of friends with the other person, not to be a, a jerk to them, which is a weird thing to it's do. It's kind of opposite, Lindsay. Is it? <laughs> yeah. See, I, you give up people wedgies because you don't like um, them. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. Well, okay. If it's just to be, it's pretty easy. Like I, I mean, man. But see, I would get in trouble. So would this be with like no reper- repercussions or? I <laughs> say um, I want to hear both answers. I want to hear answer for if there was repercussions sure. and if there wasn't, because I think they're going to be two different people they, completely. Oh, they would totally. It would totally be that. Um, man. I would so give Trump a wedgie like that. Yeah. Oh, well, man. yeah. So, so I would right now, just with all the crap going on, I would definitely pick Trump. Uh, that, But see, I would get, ripper, you know, that would totally, I would get thrown in jail probably um, for that. So, yeah, but, but I would. You'd be marked as a hero around the world. True. Maybe <laughs> I. Maybe I could, like, I don't know. Be there are someone, probably some people listening to this. That some country would let me like, stay. I'm sorry, people. I'm sorry, yeah. people, if you're a fan, but yeah, majority of the world doesn't yeah. probably think your way, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, um, that would be number one. Um, number two, we'll see. No, everything would I would get in trouble for. Uh, yeah. So I'll just go with that one. All right, cool. I, well, I kind of answered that for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh. it, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's that's pretty much the only one I would do. Let's go into Hack Attack. This is Hack Attack. I will not apologize for this bad intro. Any 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 cool tips or tricks for people? Yeah, yeah totally. So I am, I'm a daughter of an art teacher and she always gives me tips all the time. And I know you've had other people give you tips for different things. And so I'll give you an art tip today and, uh, colored pencils. I don't know if you use them or if other people use them, but so actually I have two tips with colored pencils. One is don't use the crap Crayola colored pencils to do your work that you you will soon find that you can make better work with Prismacolors. I think they're like the best color pencils out there on the market. Um, but to take care of your color pencils, I don't know if you've had this where you're drawing and then like the lead just falls out because there's a, like a crack in it. So one thing to do if you find that you have like cracks in your color pencil is you put in the microwave and you run the microwave, you put one colored pencil in the microwave, the one that has the cracks, run it for 10 seconds on high, and it will melt it enough to where it will get rid of all the micro cracks in your pencil. And you won't have the falling lead that comes out of it. My mind is blown. 
I would have that. My mind is blown. I love that. No so, more crack pencils for me. No more. Ca- well, no. Don't don't do a uh, lead. Don't do pencil. Just colored pencils. <laughs> no graphite. No graphite. No, 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 no. That would be bad. What happens? So, have you put a graphite pencil in the microwave? I would think it. Uh, so it's uh has like it's really conductive, right? Yeah. But yeah. here's the thing. I have put a light bulb in a microwave. Why? Because I didn't know this. If you put a light bulb and put the metal end of the light bulb in water in a glass and then put it in the microwave, the light glows. That would make sense, yeah. That's so cool. I like yeah. that was like a I don't know, year seven or year eight, you know. <laughs> Science project or something. I can't remember where I learned that from, but it was good. I, yeah. It still blows my mind every time. I, I just do it for fun every randomly. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to question what you do <laughs> home for your own entertainment, especially now during lockdown. Yeah, COVID-19 entertainment. People around All the right. world will be doing the light bulb challenge. Oh, that's a TikTok thing for sure. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's wrap it up, Lindsay. Let's uh, let's see. Is there anything you want to leave the audience with? So, some sort of saying or a philosophy that perhaps you live by? I just make it up as I go along. <laughs> I really do. Um, you know, I think it helps to when when you're learning and when you're making to be okay with asking questions and to seek out help when needed. Um, I think that's one way you learn and um, progress. And it not only just helps with your making, but it helps um, helps with relationships and it helps with um, just with character and self. And um, yeah. And then also like, um, and I tell this to my kids all the time because a lot of times my kids will say, I can't do that. Or they'll look at something and they're like, oh, I can't do that. And um, we try to say instead, I haven't done that yet. Like, I haven't tried it yet. Rather than saying, like, because it's so complete, so final. And, um, you know, a lot of times I'll um, they'll, I'll be doing a demo and, and kids will come up and they'll see me doing the blacksmithing. And, and I'll just say... I had to learn to do these things. Like there was a time when I didn't know how to do these things. And I think, well, you look at certain people and you see how good they are and you have to kind of realize that they learned and practiced and got to that point in life. It wasn't, um, they just didn't, they weren't born knowing it. They didn't have the natural necessarily talent of, you know, shaping metal and whatever you know it's it's something that we practice on a regular basis and so yeah yeah i love that i think it's important that kids understand that something that is really really hard for them to sort of understand because often they're programmed by their environment the parents other thing other factors to basically be told that you know they can't do it you know it could be as simple as tying their shoes their parents don't have the patience 
to allow them to tie their shoes. So I'll do, I'll do it. You know, you can't. They'll yeah. just make a make a slight comment like, "Oh, you can't do this because we're running late." You know, right. so they they already telling their children subconsciously they can't do things. So yeah. I think it's a really valid point. I love it. Yeah. Um, thank you so much, Lindsay, for being on the show. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Lindsay underscore creative. And that's where I am most of the time. I, if you try to friend me on Facebook, I'm sorry, just don't do that. So it's, it's nothing against anybody. It's just, I, you know, it's only on Instagram is where you can find me. So, yeah. Nice. Nice. All right, guys. Well, um, thank you all so much for listening before you go old Insta stalk Lindsay. Um, my guests are all just like you, trying their best to follow their creative passion. And you know, if you want to help them uh, be found by a bigger audience, um, tell a friend, uh, post on Instagram, uh, share on Instagram stories and Facebook stories, share some posts, and you know, better yet, leave a review on your podcast platform or this uh, podcast so uh, we can help these makers and other creatives be found by a bigger audience if you want to be one of the cool kids and join the ga nation um, you can do so by heading over to patreon um, if you can't support the the podcast and myself garage avenger financially you can help just as much by awkwardly playing the podcast on your loudspeaker at work and by telling everyone uh, that might have a weird uncle that would love the show um, if you want to give me the, some feedback, you can send your DMs to at GarageAvenger on Instagram. Please go check out Lindsay at Lindsay underscore creative. Until next time, keep pushing yourself. Keep ballsing up things. Keep learning. Get inspired. And I'll catch you on the flip side. All right. We're done. Great. Are you happy? Yeah, I think, I think so. Are you okay with it? I love it. That's great. Thanks for listening, guys. If you dig the podcast, you can get exclusive access to unedited pre-podcast chats along with early access to each episode every single week by heading over to Patreon. There's a link in the show notes, so just follow that. Uh, love you guys. Hope you have an awesome rest of your week. And I'll catch you on the flip side.